0: Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to another episode of the show and another piece in our mastermind series. So the mastermind is when we choose a single topic and we find some of the best advice we've ever heard on this topic on the show from experts who absolutely blow my mind and continue to teach me how to do all sorts of things better. Today we're going to talk about manifesting and we're going to talk about manifesting because y'all love this subject. It seems like anything that we do that touches it you're really interested in which I dig because same girl I love this conversation and not just because of the achiever in me that sort of looks at okay how do I get to this next place But from a perspective of wanting to live a good life and wanting to be a good human, I have to then ask myself what I do every day that helps to make that desire manifest. How do the words I speak, the things I think, the things I focus on, the people I allow into my life, the energies I allow into my life, how do all of those things play into The future I'm building for myself and for my family and for my work, like for it all. So today you're going to hear from some of my favorites, specifically Sonia Choquette, who is someone, I read her books and followed her work for a very long time before I got to interview her on the show. And when I did, this spiritual advisor, energy healer, psychic, like visionary, just blew my mind. Such a fascinating conversation. And you're also going to hear from Ben Hardy, which is maybe not someone you would typically think would be in a conversation about manifesting because he's much more data-driven and writing books and facts and figures. But you have to remember that manifesting is all about the energy you put out. And the energy we put out, that's scientifically proven. That's quantum physics. So there is a lot more crossover than you think there would be on this topic. You're also going to hear from me in past episodes, some of the best of moments that people really resonated with as I talked about how I came to learn about this process and how I apply it to my life, my work, my relationship, my parenting. We're talking about it all. So for the manifestation, spiritual junkies, energy, vibe, vibrational, all that stuff For my fellow hippies who love some woo-woo, this mastermind Long before I ever had a nonfiction book like Girl Wash Your Face, I was writing fiction. I have been writing fiction since I was little. And I have a really vivid imagination for good or ill. I would always imagine like grand scenarios for myself. I when I was little and my parents would be screaming at each other, or there would be like dishes breaking against the wall. I would go into my room and I would hide, not hide from them, just sort of hide from the chaos and the how scary it was to be out there. And I would go get in bed or I would go, you know, sit. There was a spot between my bed and the closet and I'd like sit in this little nook and I would just take myself out of the situation that I was in. And I think a lot of you, if you come from homes where there was trauma, that it's possible you also did the same thing. What I didn't understand was that those visions that I had, those uh, my imagination, this idea of like what's going to be next, what's going to be the future. In the future, I'll have control. I'll have my own home. I'll be able to create my own life. That was the seed that would take me on a path to lead me where I am today. That was the law of attraction. That was manifesting things into my life, but I didn't really have the language for it, even though I was doing it. And I want to talk about it as we start off this year, because it really is a mindset. I know if it's not something you're familiar with, it might seem woo-woo, it might seem ridiculous, it might seem counterintuitive to what you were raised to believe, but it really is this massive shift and this massive tool in changing the way that you interact with this world around you. I mean, we've all had moments where you're having the Best day, right? It's your birthday, or you just got a promotion at work, or you just landed a client, or you just landed this, you know, opportunity. Something big happened, and you're like in the best mood. And you go out in the world, and like everyone's having a great day. And you're like, God, people are so nice and they're helpful, and they're like opening doors and they're letting you in traffic, and like everything's working for you. On the flip side, I'm sure we've all had days where. It sucks and it's hard and maybe your hormones are out of whack and you're having a really hard time controlling the way that you're feeling or maybe you your boyfriend dumped you or you just got in a fight with your sister or your boss is a jerk or fill in the blank. Something has happened that's put you in a bad mood and you go out in the world and it's like everything that you see and interact with every person just reinforces your bad mood. Everyone's a jerk. Traffic is hard. hard. Like it all just keeps stacking up to align with the view that you have in that particular moment. I have to believe that every single human being has encountered that. It's not a coincidence. It's not that you're having a bad day. It's not that you're having a great day and everyone else around you is having a great day. It is the vibration that you are putting off into the world is what you are getting back. That is the law of attraction the idea that what we are sending out into the world is what we get back from other people. It's why a gratitude practice is so freaking powerful. It's why everyone talks about it. Because when you are setting yourself up to practice gratitude and to feel grateful for what's happening in your life, magically, magically, I'm using air quotes if you can't see me, magically, you find more things to be grateful for. This concept of like the way you act, what you believe, what you put out, what your mindset is, is a huge part of what you're attracting. It's (laughs) y'all, I swear, it is so real. And even if you call it different things, maybe your religion calls it something different. Maybe the way you were raised calls it something different. If you have not experienced this before just listen to this episode i'm going to give you some ideas some tips some hacks some things that you can try and freaking try one try one of these things for the next week for the next couple of weeks i it won't even take that long you will see a difference in the way that you go through the day and the way that strangers interact with you in the opportunities you get all of it just like just try it now if you have had this attitude before, worked on attracting goodness into your life, thought about the law of attraction, thought about manifestation, thought about all of those things, if you've done that before and it's worked, then this conversation that you and I are having, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on the podcast, is to remind you to get back into that mindset. The first thing that will fundamentally change everything about how you view the world and what you get out of all of it is to shift your perspective from believing that life is something that happens to you. Most people think life is happening to them. This traffic is happening to them. My dog is hurt. That's happening to me my partner broke up with me, that's happening to me. Things are happening to me. They think life is happening to them. What's super dangerous about that is when life is great and everything's going your way, then you're blessed, then you're lucky, then you're this, then you're that, then all of these things, and it's like out of your control because the flip is also true. When you believe that life is just something that's happening to you, then the hard stuff feels like things that you don't have control over your boyfriend being a toxic piece of shit. You don't have control of him, but you certainly have control of why you're in this relationship, what's going on, why do you keep putting up with that? This is not to blame you for his behavior, but you are in control of the decision that you make today about whether or not to stay in that place. But here's the shift. If you can shift from life is happening to you to life is happening for you, it's everything. If you believe that life is happening for you, you have to believe that full stop. You can't cherry pick the parts of your life that are for you and say that the stuff that you don't like isn't. And it's brutal to go through awful times when you're the person who has said, oh, well, life's happening for me, life's happening for me. When you make mistakes, when you have failures, when you're going through a breakup, When you've hurt somebody, when you've done something awful or something has happened to you that was awful, but you believe that things are for you is really hard because you want to be like, well, F this. Like, I thought that that thing, you know, running the marathon like that was for me. But this breakup, this, this can't be for me. The only way those seasons are recognizable I think, as for us, is when we look at them in hindsight. When we can see in hindsight, oh yeah, that did suck. But damn, if I hadn't gone through that breakup with him, I would never have met this person who actually was the right partner for me. You know that old saying like, your rejection is God's protection. I believe that all day. And when you can adopt that kind of philosophy, you start to bounce back from stuff so much faster. When you can adopt a philosophy of, oh yeah, I must not have gotten that opportunity because something better is coming along because life is happening for me. So even the hard stuff is setting me up for something great later. Every single part of it is molding you and shaping you and helping you become person that you want to be. So that shift, life is not happening to me, life is happening for me, gives me at least the opportunity to see every single part of my day as unfolding for me. And if I believe that everything in this is unfolding for me, then I am constantly looking for what I'm meant to do with this moment, even when things go Wrong. The second concept, the second thing that I want you to take into this new year and potentially consider trying is I'm using air quotes again the lucky girl idea, the lucky girl mentality. This works if you're a boy, this works no matter how you identify. Just changing your perspective that you are the luckiest person on earth. And how I know that you can pull this off is because most of us are trained to believe that the opposite is true. How many times have you heard someone say, with my luck, with my luck, I'll probably get a flat tire. With my luck, the traffic will be terrible. With my luck, I heard Wayne Dyer say this years ago. He's like, why would you ever say with my luck, but not follow it by something affirming? Like, well, with my luck, I'll probably win the lottery twice. Twice. With my luck, I'll get offered the job of my dreams. With my luck, I'm about to meet my new best friend at the 7-Eleven. With my luck, I'm probably going to go out tonight and find the partner of my dreams. How you talk about your life is hugely impactful to the kind of life that you have. Period. Full stop. Our words have incredible power over what we believe and how we see things. Is the cup half full or is the cup half empty? How you speak about what's happening to you shapes how you believe it. And it's why affirmations are so popular. It's why affirmations work so well. Again, go watch YouTube videos with people who are much smarter than I am explaining the power of an affirmation, not just the woo-woo power of an affirmation, but the psychological power of an affirmation of speaking your desired outcome into existence. The lucky girl idea is the same thing, is that you believe you're going to get parking spots, is that you know that you're probably going to find $10 as you're walking down the street, is that you are just positive that something great is going to happen today. When you have that perspective, the great thing that happens might be that you see a bird get a french fry and it's the happiest bird ever and you experience this like cute moment with nature that could be the great thing that happens today or the great thing that happens today could be that your best friend tells you that she's pregnant or that your kid got the part in the play that they were going out for like when you believe good things are going to happen good things happen because good things are always happening the difference is that now you notice them And when you are guiding yourself towards noticing, being lucky, being blessed, experience goodness, it starts to grow. It's the craziest thing, but it starts to grow. Yeah, it's essentially, you know, we talked about the law of attraction. The lucky girl idea is the law of assumption. You assume the good things are going to happen, and they do. You assume that it's all going to work out, and it does the way that you actually manifest something is that you act as if you have already received it. That is the huge shift is that people think, oh, I'm going to call my shot. I'm going to ask for this thing. I'm going to create the vision board. And then I'm going to focus on it, focus on it, focus on it. But the problem is that in their focus, what they're accidentally doing is focusing on the lack of not having it. They're like, I'm trying to manifest, you know, my dream partner loves coming to me and I'm worthy of love and I want this person and I've done everything I can to prepare. They're like saying all these things, but what they don't realize they're doing is accidentally obsessing over where, where is he? Where is he? Where is she? Where is this person? Where is the love of my life? Where is, where is my baby? Where is my dream job? Where is, Where, 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 where. So what you're actually giving energy and vibration to is the lack of what you want. So you keep putting power and energy into not having the thing instead of attracting the thing. Manifesting says you do not attract what you want. You attract what you are. You attract at the level of the vibration that you are putting out. So if you're hoping for, dreaming for, wanting a certain thing, all the masters say you have to act as if it is already yours. Go through life as if your blessings are already covered, as if your bills are already paid, as if the opportunities are already showing up. That's what attracts more to your life. It's a really hard practice to get a hold of, I think like the most basic level, if you've never done this before, start with just calling your shot. Start with knowing what it is you want. Start with being crystal clear to God, the universe, whatever you believe in. This is the thing that I want to attract to my life. Luxury is meant to be livable Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right.
1: We have hearing to the outer world with our ears, but our actually our entire body is capable of listening. So I was taught to listen to not words, but to vibration. I was taught to listen to the frequency of things. If you rub your hands together and you just go like this, you can feel that energy going palm to palm that frequency. So I'm listening for that tone in your heart, because that is the tone of your true spirit, your authentic self. And then I scan around and see where it gets off track. And my goal is to pull it back in by directing your attention so that you're back in harmony with your the, the, the frequency and the vibration and the tone of your true self. So I'm listening, but not To outer material, physical sounds. I'm listening to the heart frequency. And I believe we all start that way. Your child, your children do your, you listen with your heart to your children. You can, you can feel their energy in the other room. When you're not present, It, it actually isn't unusual. It is a sense we dumb down, we tone down, but in, because my mom's ears, and she used to say, you know, I'm so lucky I'm I'm deaf, so I can't hear negativity. It was, it was very, <laughs> but she would, she'd say, I hear you. My whole body can hear you and I can hear what you're communicating. And if it's, if it's congruent, if it's joyful, if it's safe, if it's happy and, and we listen to energy. That's when we start feeling the divine energy. We start feeling energy that goes beyond the physical plane. And so that's the kind of listening that I'm, I'm, I'm using in my own sessions. And it's the kind of listening I teach people. And mm. I want to let them know it's natural. When we get stuck in our heads, we become numb. Your, your head, your ego, your brain actually doesn't have a capacity to feel. So it doesn't feel vibration. It only hears the noise of what your internal noise. It's like a ping pong ball rolling around trying to find its way. We've been conditioned to believe that if we're fearful, we're weak. And if we're weak, we're vulnerable. So we've been trained, deny, deny. Well, it's, it was a bad idea. Because did you feel weak when you acknowledged your fears? Or did you feel better?
0: Yeah, no, I d- it definitely wasn't weakness.
1: It so it's courageous and and it gives you more power because you emptied it. I tell people a fear is not a fact. A fear is a, is a, is an ambiguous threat that keeps us from being fully present. So when and and you know here's the interesting thing when it is a fact what you're fearing is a fact your 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 spirit will give you different direction it will say don't go there stay away from that Just, you know honor who you are it will your and here's my biggest message you can trust that voice but you can't trust this one hmm. you can't trust the voice in your head the voice of fear is not present it's Roaming around looking for, it's like, I call it the barking dog that's looking. It's like patrolling the borders, patrolling the borders, growling, growling, growling. It's not present. Whereas the heart is the voice of your spirit. And the voice of your spirit is calm. Did you notice any shift in your physical body after you did this simple exercise? This is so important because we've denied that we are vibrationally communicating for so long that we don't have a language sometimes for what is actually we're feeling. So if we don't have words, we often deny it. So that's why I say in my books and in every workshop, speak it out loud, give your body permission to express when you name it, you claim it. And it, it, and and you can say, I have a choice. I can listen to this or not but don't shove it because what happens when you shove it is you betray yourself and that's when you get into this chaotic internal mess where i'm not listening to myself so who am i going to listen to you or you or you and then and frankly for those who are really spiritual the first commandment is not to have false gods and listening to other people and their way of telling you how to run your life is totally a false God. So just to really just say, I'm feeling something. It's congruent. It's heavy. It's dangerous. It feels yucky. But the more you language your energetic experience of life, your vibrational experience. And quantum physics has now caught up with, our, with us intuitive people and it starts validating what we've been saying all along. Everything's vibrational. So, but it's not emotional. It's energetic. And we can have an emotional response. I'm feeling a dangerous energy from this person. This energy is very toxic to my being. My emotion is run away, but my experience is this is vibrationally damaging to me. And and here's where it's really empowering. Let that be enough information, because what I find people where, where people really disempower themselves, and it's men and women, but it's very much women, is that they feel like, well, I need someone to tell me that's okay. I need, I need an explanation. I need a validation. I need permission. And I'm saying, no, you don't. Yeah. You give yourself permission and to just say, I have a bad vibe. Or I have a good vibe. Is enough. Yeah. And you just say yeah. for, for anyone who says, well, how do you know? The answer is I don't, but it feels right for me. It works for me. That's a game changer in life. This works for me. I'm going with this. It works for me. And you know how you can tell a vibe that's a a true intuitive guidance versus being in your head and getting it wrong? If it's real guidance, your body will relax. If it's in your head, it will contract always. Always. Okay. That's good. Here's where you can really empower yourself. You don't have to explain quite honestly. Don't even try. You can't, you say I can't, but I'm choosing to follow it because it works for me. That's why it works for me. You don't have to follow it. You don't have to agree. You don't have to understand. I don't understand, but if birds have sonar and whales have radar and Bats have escalation. I, too, as a natural creature designed to be drawn to what's best for me, have vibes. I'm going with it. And, you know, nobody can argue it if you say, you know, it works for me and I choose to go with it. That's my explanation. I don't know, but I'm choosing it anyway. It works for me. This is probably one of the biggest complaints I hear from people is I don't know what I want. And I go back to the tool I used before. What do you love? Start naming, go for a walk, take your keys in your hand because the keys symbolize answers to your subconscious mind. And go for a walk and out loud start naming the things you love to share. So, let's try it with you. What do you love to share?
0: What do you love? What to I've share? learned. I love to share what I've learned
1: and what else books I've read and what else my success and what else the spotlight yeah and what else wisdom now when you watch this if you were to go back and watch this every time you said that you became brighter and brighter and brighter. your whole body changes Your spirit steps in and expands. Do you believe this is your purpose? Yes. Do you see that there's no up here about it? Yeah. Not even, it doesn't even participate. It's like, yes, this this is exactly. So I say the universe won't help you create anything. It'll only create what's really in your heart. It'll help you create what you really love. It won't help you create anything. It certainly isn't going to help your barking dog become a more brutal guard dog. So let's start there. That First of all, what you just shared, and it could be anybody, what you just shared, the universe will help you create more of what your goodness brings to the world. More of what you love. So starts there. So begin, don't, if you're figuring it out, you're in the bad barking dog neighborhood. Not gonna get your answer there. You have to come back home, take your keys, walk around. I love, I love, I love. And it's not just what I love to enjoy. It's what do we love to share? What do I love to to, to spread around? What do I love to contribute? And that is the key to beginning. How to create the life you want. I I really believe, it, especially in our world, everybody wants to hack this and do that and make, you know, have a formula. And that's not human nature. Human nature. Follow human nature. Follow your true nature. What do you love? What do you love to share? What would you love to share more of? Because it will make you intrinsically happy. And any other benefits are going to be a real surprise and a blessing and a bonus. But the intrinsic happiness that I am, I am being me doing what I came here to share is the source of real contentment. So I would say start there and keep your head out of it. Keep your figure it out, head out of it, and just try sharing what you love to share for a little while and see what happens. Because people say, well, I'll never make this or it'll never support me. And my response is, you don't know. That's not true. That's, That's not, you don't know. How do you know? So don't quit your day job, but share what you love to share and share it with love. And then it gets more and more and more natural. And it, it's like a garden that grows. So I'm a big teacher of keep it simple.
0: Are there um, things that we can be doing during our day, during our life that are helping us to raise a vibration so we're manifesting
1: that ability to share at a higher level? Sure. I think you need to do what I call it's another tool that I have called vibe check. You need to scan your body and you need to stop and pause and take a breath. And you need to see, am I, am I congruent? Is there, am I betraying myself? Am I saying yes when I mean no? Am I, do I need water when I keep pushing? Do I need to stretch when, and, and learn to keep checking in and actually make it important what information you get? Learn. That if I take care of myself and I tell people, try to live as empty as you can. Empty and present. Not in your head, not jammed with a bunch of stuff and mind. Just empty. Listen, be present, and show up to what feels congruent in this moment. So empty, often go the way you empty is you take two, two birthday candles. And a slide. Ah. And do that. And if, if you aren't betraying yourself, stop. Just and how would you know? How would you know if
0: you were? You don't
1: feel good. Mm-hmm. You you check your body. Don't check your head. Your head will give you bad information. Check your body. Do you feel open? Do you feel empty? Is your head quiet? If it's not, what is your, that you do this I'm afraid of, and my spirit says, and you check, all of the tools I gave you took less than a minute, and they do work, so it takes basically a decision that I'm going to get to know my spirit, and I am going to believe it will take care of me. I am going to believe there is a part of me, just like a part of every living thing in nature that is designed to thrive and be beautiful. And I'm going to believe that that is how I am designed to. I'm going to commit to stop ignoring that. I'm going to commit to be curious. I'm going to give it a chance. I have a choice. I don't have to listen, but at least I'm going to let that part of me express then I'll choose. Then I'll choose. And I'm going to say it out loud. You know, in in my book, Trust Your Vibes, I have all these tools, but the primary tool is don't do it in your head out loud. Because there's nothing more honest about you than the sound of your own voice. When your voice is coming from the heart, it sounds and feels different than when it's coming from the head.
0: Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. In a lot of ways, manifesting and law of attraction is about intention. It is about, are you being intentional with the kind of person you want to be, with the life that you want to live, with what you want to create? And I thought of it today in our meeting because I was sitting with a team. I said, okay, guys, the theme is manifesting. Let's all brainstorm, like, how do we make this month even better than last? How do we, like, show up better, bigger? How do we, you know, inspire the community and get them fired up? And the sort of response from more than one person was like, you know, you've been talking about manifesting a lot but I feel like you're speaking at a very high level and we still kind of don't get it. And isn't that always the way that when we're teaching something that we know really well, we think we're explaining it to people. We're like, okay, we know this at level 10. So I'm gonna bring it back down to level seven so that you could understand it too. And I think it was Donald Miller who has the best podcast if you've never listened to it. I think Don is the one who said that you actually have to explain things to people at like level three. You have to be so specific and so granular when you're trying to explain a concept to someone that's new. And it was a good reminder for me that here I am thinking like, oh, I'm teaching all of this stuff. But my team is like, but how do you do it? Literally, uh, Nicole on my team said you know, I really want to get into manifesting more. I want to manifest. I don't manifest at all. And I really want to manifest more. And I was like, oh, shoot, shoot. You've missed the most basic principle for Nicole, for the rest of the team, for all of you listening or watching on YouTube, you are always manifesting. In this podcast, The Beginner's Guide to Manifesting, the first thing that you need to understand right now, you are always manifesting. You can't actually control whether or not you are manifesting. The question is, are you manifesting with intention? Are you creating the life of your dreams or are you creating a life that you don't want, but you're not aware that you're the one who is putting that, who is creating that, who is calling that to you? You are always manifesting. The question is whether or not are you doing it consciously. The law of attraction says that you can attract anything that you want to your life. And growing up, I do not know why I believe that was true. I had nothing in my life that would have indicated to me that that was possible but as long as I can remember – I mean, if you go back and read my old books, I talk about this. I've said this since I started my podcast. I've said this on stages around the world. I have just always believed that I could achieve anything if I could stay focused and I would work hard enough. I just it's, – it's absolute certainty in my mind. And now I look back through the lens of manifesting and I'm like, oh, That's what I've been doing. But I didn't have the language for that. I just thought, stay focused on where you're going and work hard. So in the law of attraction and the secret, you can attract what you want. The only thing I don't love about that idea, and and this sort of comes across in the movie, is sort of this, like, I want a million dollars and the universe is going to send it to me. and. I just don't believe it's true. And there are thousands of videos on YouTube right now with millions of views that are like, manifest $30,000 by tomorrow, whatever. I think there's a key step that's missing in this that people don't understand. And it's why they get thrown off or it's why people think that this is all BS or it's like charlatans or whatever. because. Even in that movie, they're like telling you to like put a Ferrari on your bulletin board and just sort of wait for the universe to deliver it to you. And that's not the whole picture, at least according to me. So rather than talking about the law of attraction, I like the idea of manifesting. And one of my favorite quotes on this subject is from Wayne Dyer. He says, the law of attraction says that you can attract what you want. Manifesting, the law of manifesting says you will attract what you are. And that is where I think this gets really interesting and where this concept has the ability to change your entire life. And I don't just mean that in terms of what you can create or attract, but I also mean that in terms of the type of person you can become. This idea of you will attract what you are, what does that mean? Now, I've read So many books on this in the last couple of years. Like it's sort of an obsession of mine. So I've looked at this from a bunch of different angles. The way that I think of this is that we vibrate on different levels. Like the energetic vibration of joy is very different than the energetic vibration of sadness, despair, anger. I mean, you can think of each one of those emotions and feel something different in your body when you imagine yourself in that state. And the idea of manifesting says that you will attract things to you that match you vibrationally. So that by creating a vibration in yourself, by creating an energy in yourself that is good, that is joyful, that is abundant, that is magnetic, all of these things, that that's what you bring to yourself, which I know, please stick with me. If this sounds a little bit like woo-woo, just, I promise, I'm going to explain this in the beginner's way, but just stay with me because I want to first talk about it up here, like the proper hippie that I am, and then I'm going to pull it down in a way that makes sense for you. But the reason I want you to remember the vibration piece is because If you want to attract something to your life, you have to think about what vibration that is existing in. So just hold that for one second, and let's talk about life. There's an old expression that says, we don't see life as it is. We see life as we are. You don't see the world around you as it actually is. You see it through the lens of the way you perceive people, places, environments, everything is through a lens or through a filter of your past experiences and what you bring with you into this present moment, period. So I could see a dog and get so excited. and want to be best friends with this dog. And it's the cutest thing ever. And I asked you like, oh, can I pet your dog? And I'm so excited. The very same dog, the most perfect, wonderful dog, the very same dog you could see, And because you have a traumatic experience with a dog in your past, that to you, that golden retriever that I am so excited to meet and get to know, you could think is terrifying. Nothing changed about the dog. Same exact dog, different realities based on who is taking it in. The same happens with life. The world matches your energy. It just does. And you have to understand that that's true. Just like Nicole in the meeting today saying, I don't ever manifest. I'm like, no, you do. You are manifesting right now. And when you know how to harness that power, you can manifest that energy for good. And when you don't know that you're manifesting, you unintentionally keep bringing the same stuff to your life over and over and over that you do not want. The thing that you need to understand most is that you create your own reality. So when you're falling asleep, are you focusing on all the stuff you have to get done? Are you focusing on all the things that went wrong? Are you having anxiety? Are you or are you setting your intention for what you are going to create, the kind of life that you want to live, and really allowing yourself to feel gratitude and abundance? for the life that you have. Those feel like two completely different things. Those put you into completely different levels vibrationally. One of them allows you to fall asleep feeling great, feeling blessed, having intention about the next morning. And so when you open your eyes, you have a plan but even more than that, while you were sleeping, subconsciously your brain was trying to figure out how to help you have the day that you said that you wanted to. So you wake up in the morning and I would say the first thoughts that you have are really essential. Now most people wake up in the morning and jump into the past. Meaning they start thinking about everything that happened, all the things that they have to do, the problems, what's in front of them. You know, Joe Dispenza has this great video where he talks about this. It's a keynote, I think, where he talks about, you know, people wake up and the first thing they do is get on their phone and look at all the problems. All the pro- you know, their emails, their text messages, the problems in the world, the problems on social media. So they're just creating this storm of all the things that are wrong, not just with them and their life and their job, but also the world around them. Which means that you start your day holding on to the belief that there are problems and that things are wrong. And y'all, it's not to say, this is not about ignore reality, but this is the reminder that you get to create reality. If you wanna work on manifesting, the key is to get out of the past and to get focused on the future. I am creating the life of my dreams. You are creating the life of your dreams. We're starting out just talking about where you are at inside of each and every day. Because, yeah, I want to talk to you about high-level manifesting attract all the money. But if I could get you to understand that you are in control of your experience of this life, I don't know that I could ever teach anything that would be more impactful. First thing in the morning, you want to think about what you want to create or what you want to put out there. The second thing that I think you have to do is you have to know what you want. Now, since this is beginner's work, I really would suggest that you just try and focus on one area of manifesting in your life. Relationships, finance, completing a project, Getting a big client, making a certain amount of revenue. If you're just starting out, I think that it's really powerful to just focus on one area of your life. You are not getting the thing that you want. You are not manifesting what you want because what you are actually obsessing over, what you are actually focusing on, is the absence of not having it. That is a huge, like, I hope someone's brain just exploded right now. You are not focused on the love of your life. You are not focused on finding the best partner. You are focused on the fact that you do not have one yet. The universe in this, we're talking about manifesting. The idea behind it is that the universe is just going to send you more of what you are focusing on because what you are focusing on becomes your vibration. So when you're like, all none of these dating apps work. All men are pigs. Everybody I meet is immature. Like that's, you're talking to your girlfriends about it. You're putting, that is what you are going to keep getting. You have to know what you want. What do you want? What do you want financially? What do you want in love? If you're already in a relationship, how do you want that to be better? What do you want as a mom? What do you want in the home for your family? What do you want when you graduate college this year? What do you want for your next job? What do you want? It's it's it is shocking to me. 40% of Americans don't have goals. Zero goals. Not a goal to get out of debt, not a goal to learn how to make a great apple pie, not a goal to be a better partner, nothing. 40% of Americans don't have goals. That's that blows my mind. Because when you aim at nothing, you're going to get murky results. You didn't call your shot. You didn't say where you wanted to go. You didn't have a plan.
2: What modern research is showing is that human beings actually spend way more time thinking about the future than the past. We actually think about our own future at least two to three times, probably two to five times more than we think about our past. We're Hmm. we're regularly thinking about the future. Um, That's actually called prospection. We're, We're always thinking about our future and kind of where we're wanting it to go. And then ultimately we get committed to that future. Prospection is based on an idea that everything we do as a human being is driven by a goal. So, like, if someone is listening to this conversation, it's because even if reactively they had the goal to listen to it, they maybe came across their newsfeed, but they decided, okay, I want to turn this on. You and I at some point had the goal of getting this conversation together, which is how I ended up here in Texas. Yeah. And so, everything we do is driven by a goal, even just me getting up and going to the fridge or me picking this thing up. Like, and so okay. we're all driven by a future. But a big challenge is, is that most people's futures are very short term. It's Mm. like, get to the end of the day, get the kids to school, get the groceries, get the bills paid. Like, it's just kind of like an urgent future that's coming at you like a fire hose. And so there's one of my favorite quotes is from Robert Green in 50 Cent. And I think I put it literally (laughs) twice in the book. But it's, you know, basically, the idea is, is that By our nature as rational, conscious creatures, we cannot help but think of the future, but most people out of fear limit their views of the future to a narrow range. Thoughts of tomorrow, a few weeks ahead, perhaps a vague plan for the months to come. We're generally dealing with so many immediate battles that it is hard for us to lift our gaze above the moment. It is a law of power, however, that the further and deeper we contemplate the future, the greater our capacity to shape it. So one thing that's really interesting is your identity as a human being is what you're most committed to. So as humans, whatever you're most committed to is your identity. Um, So your identity could be and you can know your identity by just simply observing your behavior. Like, you identity
0: know, meaning who you perceive yourself to
2: be. Yeah, how you see the world. So, you, however you see the world is based on how you identify with the world. Mm-hmm. And so, if you and, and then you can and then your identity is the thing that funnels your behaviors. Prospection means that as people were being, we're literally being pulled forward by the future that we're most committed to. But if you observe how most people's behavior is, most people are committed to very short-term goals, meaning. It's kind of like a, a hamster wheel. Just, it's kind of repetitious every week. you know, get to work, pay the bills, get the groceries, like get the gas in the car. Those are all goals. Like if, if my car is low in gas, like I got to go fill it up, therefore, that's going to drive my behavior to like get to the gas station and fill it up. And so basically, in other words, our, our identity is driven by the goals we're most committed to. To change your identity, it takes getting committed to new goals, essentially, getting committed to a new it's like something new. For me, like I'm very committed right now to writing the book I'm writing. Like that's driving everything I'm thinking about and doing. But I may, my future self may have totally different goals. You know, I might not even be interested in writing books in the future. Like maybe I've gone through experiences that I value something different. <laughs> you know, first you commit 100% to something specific, and then the commitment leads to courage because you're committing above your current capability and skill and knowledge. You know, you're committing above that. So let's just say, you just as a consultant or a young, you know. Maybe this pot, the ceramics lady now just raises the prices enormously, which is going to be scary for her. And she doesn't know if she can actually sell these pots at this price. And so that leads to courage. First off, it's just scary to make a commitment. And then to fail, figuring out how to fulfill that commitment, that courage cycle of where you're trying and failing as your future self, that ultimately leads to you eventually developing capability, which is the third C. And as you develop higher levels of skill, knowledge, Uh, expertise or whatever, then you have new levels of confidence, which is the fourth C. So good. And so, yeah, it it takes committing first and then that commitment leads to massive courage and courage from like a psychology standpoint is the willingness to try something that might not work. Um, You're actually trying something that, yeah, it might not work. And a lot of people, they don't want that. They want the promise of the result before they'll try. Yeah. Courage is I'm going to try this. I'm going to I'm going to adapt. I'm going to get fast feedback loops. I'm going to figure this out along the way. And then as you do that, you develop skills your past self didn't have, perspectives your past self didn't have, and then you now are producing results that your past self couldn't have. And so the results are what create the confidence. One good way to look at it is if you were to be honest with your vision of your future self. Say someone really wants to get into running. As an example, and they want to be someone who's super fit and running lots of races, and no one in their li- current life <laughs> engages in anything like that or even supports that. You have to ask yourself. You first have to think about the situation, the context. Like, if that was really me, what would my life actually look like? I'd probably be more around runner type people. Like, you know, like your life would actually be different. And so, the sooner you can be honest with what you want and be honest with other people about what you want, often that. Off, it, it can create tension, I guess, but it just, it, it repels the people who just don't want it. Yeah. Like because they don't want it. And so, one of the reasons why I, I think it's good to visualize the future stuff, but also like, what does life actually look like if that's true? And then the sooner you start being honest with that to yourself and other people and start creating that, start being that person now, you know, getting the friends that go running, committing to that kind of thing, it's pretty organic. If you're just going for the short term things or even honestly small goals, that's what you're going to produce. like, And so it's okay that you're not there yet, but you are what you're going for. And so I love the idea of James Cameron. like, He had to figure out how to build all this technology because his goal was so big. Mr. Beast had to figure out how to be really good at a lot of things because his goal was so big. It doesn't really matter that you're there yet. like, That's not even what matters. But whatever you're going for, the goal shapes the process. The future drives the present. That's just how we all are. And so I guess one... One invitation, and there's a great quote from Albert Einstein. He said, "Imagination is more important than knowledge." And even uh, Daniel Gilbert talks a lot about this. He's the one who studied future self. Is most people spend almost no time even imagining their future self. Like we don't even start, you know, to develop the little like to, like develop the little muscle. And so I think journaling is the thing that continues to help me. Like I, I but I think it's good to like literally. Like one thing I like about the dolphin example, and even I like about your example, of like the invisible planes and stuff is (laughs) like imagination and play and playfulness. Like kids didn't have problems thinking about their future self. They were having massive imagination and they were failing even in their imagination. And I think you can practice that. Like 90, like so many of my goals don't occur like because I'm dreaming big and also I then end up playing with them. And I, I always see it like the draft of a book. Like, that's what I'm going for. And then, like a, a week from now, I'm like, oh no, actually, it's there. And the, it's it's constantly iterating. So I think it's good to just be playful and like think if you're starting to like have a vision, like maybe you want to run a marathon, maybe you want to run an ultra marathon. Who knows? Maybe in a week from now, none of those goals will even matter. But just play with it, have fun with it. Like learn to practice uh, thinking about the future and imagining the future and ultimately taking little steps. You know, like I just think it's it's just something you have to practice. You have to actually do it. Like most people you know, and I'm just talking to the listener right now, like, how much time in the last week have you actually visualized, thought about and journaled about your future self, like put yourself in the shoes of your future self, and then actually started to analyze from the like what we talked about before, what 80% of your life right now is actually, honestly, like lesser goals or in direct opposition to what you want, that you're still just kind of maintaining out of habit or fear. And so it's not about just becoming that person today but it's about being honest that like this is something you want and starting to communicate that even language like starting to talk about it is in a lot of ways how you start to do it so if you even just start to hear yourself say the words maybe i want to run a marathon or maybe i want to write that book or maybe i want to go travel the world that language and starting to talk about it starts to kind of your language and your future are very connected yeah how how i've kind of learned to think about it is rather than figuring out the how from the current self, like usually because we don't know the path right now, we get all clogged up and stuff. You, rather than working towards the goal, you actually want to work from the goal, right? And so you you think about, it. well, what would need to be true? Like if it was true and if we were doing it, then what? And the, like a big aspect of hope actually is called pathways thinking, is finding pathways of getting where you want to go. And there are always a pathway. Like if you if you commit to it, you find it, you you will find a path. It may be a messy path, it'll be a crazy path. But it... I'm learning more and more it's better to think and act from the future rather than the present. Like, if this was true, what would I need to do to get it? You start pulling the future to you, you start strategizing from the future rather than trying to figure out how to get there from the present. And so that's that's why I think imagine that it's true, that you figured it out, that he figured out how to live in the mountains. How would you make that real? You know, right. like how did they make it real? How did your future self who's already solved it got it? And like you just you start to strategize from the outcome you want rather than strategizing towards the outcome you want. So you just let the future dictate the strategy rather than the present. If you have a trauma, it means you're measuring your past against what you thought it should have been, where you thought you should be and how it should have gone. Woo, and you know that's what I mean? Good. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're,
0: I do. Yeah, you're really good. Yeah,
2: you're still looking at your past in the gap, where you're like, it should have gone this way, or I could have been this much farther, or blah, blah, blah. You've got this story about the past, and you've put it in the gap, where it's not up to the ideal that you have. And how Dan explains it is, is that ideals are like the horizon in the desert. Like It gives direction. Ideals are amazing. It's good to have a vision. It's good to have goals. It's good to have your future self. And it provides direction. It does not matter how many steps or how fast you're running towards that horizon. It's going to keep going. And so if you compare your current self now to that moving horizon and think you should be there, you're always going to be in the gap. Like You're always going to feel like a failure. And, and this is why often high achievers are depressed or they are unhappy because they're always measuring themselves against the next ideal, which is that moving target. And then they're always devaluing everything that they've done. They've never, they're never feeling good. <laughs> they never feel successful. And so this, this book was primarily uh, about happiness, honestly, along the way, but also counterintuitively, I think that that's actually what makes you more successful in the long run. Yeah, The gain is the opposite. The gain is when you're measuring yourself against nothing external or even against the ideals in your head. You're only measuring yourself against an internal, against where you were in the past. And so you're just measuring yourself against where was I yesterday? Where was I a month ago? Where was I a year ago? I have no comprehension of you and your path. So why would I compare myself to you? Like we have different journeys, we have different futures, we have different paths. And so like if I'm measuring myself against you, I'm going to be in the gap because I can find a million areas where you're doing better than me or right. I can and so it's just not relevant. The only thing that's relevant is comparing myself with where I was before. And so now I'm just measuring myself in the gain. I'm seeing my progress. I'm appreciating my progress. I'm valuing my progress. The British rowing team pretty much their objective was to win the gold, obviously. This was like for the Olympics. Uh, and they pretty much just developed a single question filter, like a decision filter for everything they did. I think this fits honestly really good with future self as well. But it's like every every opportunity or option that was presented to them, they just asked themselves through the decision filter, well, will this make the boat go faster? And if the answer was no, they said no. Yeah. And so it's just like, you know, all right, stay up late and hit up the party or go to bed for practice. Well, will staying up and stuff, you know, will that make the boat go faster? If the answer is no, the answer is no. Yeah. First off, if you look back on anything from your past and you just cancel it out as a failure because it didn't go according to the ideal or what was expected, you've just thrown that away, right? And even me, for example, like not hitting the bestseller list, whatever, like if I just toss that away as a failure, not only have I just devalued it, but I'm no longer getting good stuff from it. Uh, I've just devalued my own experience, which is just mine, but now I'm getting, I'm, I'm not getting better because of it, I'm still bitter, you know? Yeah. And, and like, I think trauma, any form of trauma, like so my parents, you know, their are right? Or my dad being a drug addict. If I just say, terrible childhood. I just throw it off as a failure. Or, oh, why me? You know, and I'm the byproduct of my experience rather than my experience being the byproduct of me. If you throw anything from your past away and you say, it's no good. I got nothing from that or it wasn't what it was supposed to be. It was a, it was a lost cause, Then you're still in the gap about it, and you're not gaining from it. You've talked very openly about your divorce. Like my wife was divorced before I ever met her, and like I could, I first off I I had no opinion of that, honestly. But I remember she really didn't talk about it much for a long time. But I think now, I think she's massively in the gain. She was in the gain about it from the beginning. Never in the gap. Never a failure. Never a lost cause. But I actually am still getting gains because of that experience. Mm. I'm getting the gains, uh, and I think she is too. And so I just think whatever it was, if you throw it down the gutter and say that was not a valuable experience or that wasn't what it was supposed to be, then you're not learning from your own experience, and you're not you're not actually getting the fruits, the benefits of your experience. And also, it's your choice. Yeah, it's, it's how you see it. But if you're in the gain about it you realize you are better. You are better and you can be grateful for it. And that's really what post-traumatic growth is. It's like you're grateful it happened. You're, and you keep getting gains from it. I keep getting gains from my, my childhood, like yeah. from my dad. And he and I are so close now. I know he's still getting gains from his experience. And you can keep getting more and more and more benefits and gains from a single experience. Just because yeah. you're a different person analyzing it now.
0: I'd love to start with the $10 because I think the response I got most from people is that they were really shocked that it happened. They were really shocked that it it came to them or that they found it. They were so pleasantly surprised and it was really cool. But the reason that it's easy for you to attract $10 is because it doesn't feel like that big of a stretch it doesn't feel like that big of a stretch to you. If I had told you all to decide that on this day you were going to attract $1,000, I'm guessing that 99.9% of people would be like, chick, you crazy. What are you talking about? You are not. What? Where? Who am I going to? How would I? That's not a thing. Like, I can't. But Every book that exists on manifesting and the law of attraction says that there is no limit to what we are capable of. There's no limit to what you can pull into your sphere. There's no limit to what you can achieve. So it's important to start by asking yourself if you believe in this idea. Or you're even just like mildly interested, sort of trying to unpack law of attraction, manifesting and what it means. And you believe holy crap, the universe, yeah, I did attract $10. What do you think is the difference between attracting $10 and attracting enough to pay off your student loans? What is the difference between, I'm gonna find one person out in the world today who says something nice to me. I'm gonna get a compliment from a stranger today. I'm gonna attract that into my life. And I'm gonna attract the love of my life, the partner of my dreams. What do you think the difference is to the universe, there isn't. The only difference between those things, like you believe that some of those are small and some of those are big, but energetically the universe is a quantum field. Like it doesn't actually, there's no difference. So you believed, oh, I I might be able to attract $10 today. Like I might be able to like find that out in the world because it's not that much. And frankly, if you didn't, it wouldn't be the end of the world. It was just kind of like a nice thing that could happen, but it wouldn't be devastating to you if it didn't. It's worth asking yourself, what are some of the bigger dreams and hopes that you have for your life that you have decided are too big for you, that you have decided aren't possible? And... I'm not saying that honestly, I would have a hard time. I would never tell you to be like, go find a thousand dollars by the end of today. Maybe like super crazy rich bajillionaires would be like, I could, yeah, I'll get a thousand dollars today, no problem. I don't have that. In fact, if I have an energetic block that I still work on all the time, it's around money. It's it's just a childhood of growing up without and then going through a really expensive divorce, to be honest. And, and what that did to my finances, it, it still is a place of fear for me sometimes. So it's one area that I continue to work on. So I bet there are people who would be like, dude, you can attract $10,000 by next Thursday. I'm, I'm not that girl. I am a believer That you can attract whatever you want if you believe in it and you're willing to work hard for it. As long as the thing that you want doesn't hurt you and doesn't hurt anybody else, I think it absolutely can be yours. But I also don't tend to put a timeline on when things happen. And maybe I'm not the best manifesting conversationalist ever because maybe some people do. Maybe some people who are like really into this believe that you should. But I think that when you put a timeline on something, you are putting pressure on yourself and you're putting pressure on your focus, which just is going to cause you to focus on the lack, not the thing you want. So all of that to say, I just would love if you spend some time unpacking for yourself, wait, why did I believe I could attract this thing and not that? And maybe you heard my challenge in last week's episode about the $10 and you thought it was silly because for some reason $10 feels like too much for you. Maybe you should be like, I'm gonna attract a dollar. And and if you're curious, why am I why am I making this about money? It doesn't have to be about money. It could literally be about anything. I'm choosing money because money is a subject, in, in my opinion, the two most loaded. Areas of manifesting are money and love. And so I'm just picking one at random because you may already have love in your life. And so that one feels great to you. But when it comes to money, most people I know have a lot of big feelings around money and attracting wealth. And so I think that if you could start with something small that doesn't feel wild to you, you could stair step it. And maybe you did do the $10. Thing and now you're like, okay, I'm gonna attract $20, or I'm gonna attract a hundred. Doesn't really matter what it is, it's a challenge to yourself to believe in something bigger. How do we go from believing that maybe a small thing is possible, but a big thing feels like too much? There's this quote, a quantum leap, meaning. To go from the idea of I can attract $10 to I can attract the job of my dreams. I can attract being debt-free. I can attract enough abundance to buy my own home. So a quantum leap means that you must release, like, okay, hold on. You can hold all of your current beliefs and buy into the idea that you might be able to find a dollar today that you could find a dollar out in the world that it would, you would attract it to you. But to believe in something massive is a quantum leap. And they say a quantum leap means that you must release your current belief and adopt a new one. It's, you can't hold existing beliefs about let's say finances and make a quantum leap. You can't hold this is true for manifesting. This is true for life. You can't hold the limiting beliefs that you have around your health and completely change the way that you practice your health or completely do a 180 and sign up for a marathon. And you have to change The structure of who you believe that you are. You have to change a belief system. And in order to change a belief system, you have to release or let go of an old limiting belief that no longer serves you. If you haven't ever heard someone talk about it, a limiting belief is anything that you believe that limits your growth, that limits your potential, that limits your capacity. And as wild as it is to understand, you don't have to believe every idea that you think. My brain doctor, Dr. Amon, says, you don't have to believe every stupid thought that you think. It's a wild idea. Most of us grow up believing that every thought in our mind is true. And I would actually say that most of the things that you think are not true. And if the thought that you have, if the belief that you have limits your ability, your capacity, your growth potential, limits how you show up in the world, you can just change the belief, right? You don't have to change yourself to accommodate the belief. You change the belief. Yes, I believe that you need to live a life and live in a way that gives you energy, that makes you feel vibrant, that gives you life and joy and all of those things. But believing that you have to be a certain size in order to have value or believing that you need to look a certain way in order to be beautiful is a limiting belief that we need to change. You want to make a quantum leap in your health? You must release the belief that you have about what health is. The same goes for anything that you're trying to attract into your life or manifest into your day. If you want to make really big, drastic, like needle moving, life changing traction, it looks like letting go of the thing that doesn't serve you and adopting a new belief system. So, why is that so hard to do? Our fear is not that we can't do it, whatever it is for you. Our fear is that we can, and we don't know how to handle it. The th- The thing is, when it comes to manifesting, I can see some people saying that they don't want to try or they feel worried about it because if it doesn't work, they'll be disappointed. It'll be another thing that like they didn't get right. But the thing is, I always feel like if I'm not attracting or creating or manifesting the things that I want in my life, it's a sign that I have some kind of block energetically. And if I have a block energetically, it's just a beautiful opportunity to work on that area of my life. So I don't perceive it as a bad thing or as something wrong with me. I'm like, yeah, you haven't been able to do this thing because you, don't, you haven't learned all you need to learn. You haven't let go of what you need to let go. You're still holding on to the limiting beliefs. And so I got to like dig back in and excavate and figure out what's there and then use that information to develop a practice to help me have better focused thoughts and be a better person and put more goodness out into the world. But I never perceive it as a bad thing if I haven't manifested yet. I just feel like it's part of the journey. If it's not a fear of, getting it wrong, then the other fear becomes, (laughs) what happens if we get it right? What happens if I achieve this thing and I don't know how to handle it? And dude, it's a worthwhile fear. You don't know how to handle something that you've never dealt with before. But how many times in your life have you figured out things that you didn't think you could figure out? Like how many of you listening to this, our parents. When you first have a baby, you don't know what the hell you're doing. It's a miracle any child is living today because it is so hard to have a newborn and you're so scared and you're not sleeping and everything's upside down. And yet we figure it out. We figure out how to drive. We figure out how to use computers. We figure out how to do our jobs. We figure out all sorts of things. And so this dream that you have, you'll figure out that one too. In fact, that was the second question or the second comment I got most off last week's episode was, what do I do if people think I'm crazy for wanting to manifest? If people think it's ridiculous that I'm talking about the law of attraction, if people roll their eyes when I do my affirmations, if my family's judging me for wanting bigger things for my life, oh, well, I guess it's not their journey, right? I I guess you get to choose. You get to choose if you want to continue to be a people pleaser because the only people – I say that with love. I am the freaking queen of the people pleasers. I am recovering. I I still slip into it. I still do stupid crap that I'm just like, oh, I cannot believe that I'm still in this people-pleasing mentality, but like, it happens. The only reason you're asking me what to do if people don't support your vision or your practices or whatever, is because you're trying to please other people. Because I have a lot of friends who are not people pleasers, and they don't give a crap what anyone thinks. So if you're worried about that, then it means you're aiming at the wrong thing. You're adding fear to the vision. You're adding fear to the manifesting. You will never attract what you want into your life because you're still coming from a place of fear. It's impossible to try and manifest your dreams and also be afraid of what your family and friends will think of you for wanting those dreams. You can't hold both of those. You can, but you'll sabotage yourself every single time. You have to believe that your dreams have value because you have value as a person. And if people don't get the manifesting law of attraction, don't talk to them about it. I know for a fact that when you put goodness into the world, goodness comes back to you. I know that when you make decisions or have actions from a place of fear or anger or bitterness, that's what comes back to you. I know it. I have 38 years of living where I can see this happen in my life over and over and over, and I bet that you do too. So if I know that this is true, it doesn't matter to me if other people in my life believe it this happens all the time where you have the courage to tell a friend or a family member something that you want to pursue. Or maybe you're like, oh, I've been hearing all about this law of attraction. I really want to attract a new car. You know, I've been driving this beat up car for 15 years and I really want to buy my first new car. And then someone that you have the courage to tell speaks into how that's a terrible idea And how it'll be so expensive, and how you'll never make enough money. And whatever their things are, they start spinning out and they give you their fear. They, it's like they, like, it's almost like you painted this beautiful painting of what you want. And someone comes in and spray paints graffiti all over it. And the painting's still there, and your picture is still there, but now you see it through their graffiti now you see it through scarcity. Now you see it through fear. Instead of thinking, I want a new car and it's going to be so amazing when I have a new car and then I don't have to worry about driving with the kids at night and it'll change our family's life and it I just will have the certainty that I'll be able to get to and from work and I don't have to worry about anything going wrong anymore. Now, You're thinking, yeah, but it's so expensive and, oh, but then my insurance is going to go up and, yeah, I do, you know, I'm supposed to be doing this thing over here. I shouldn't be worrying about a car. Now you have all of their graffiti in your mind painting over the vision that you have. It's why, honestly, I don't, like my big dreams, I don't say out loud. I don't. It has really never worked well for me. I'm trying to think of a time that I told someone a big dream that I had, and they were like, Yeah, that's awesome. I love that for you. Go harder, dream bigger. Like, no, that is not my experience. My experience is people believe when they can see it. So I just think I'll stay focused, I'll work hard, I'll make the thing happen. And then Everybody will believe in the dream, but I don't have people in my life that believe in the dream before it's reality. And I think that's just human nature. It's really hard for people to see what's in your head. They can't see your vision. They can't see the roadmap that you can't. They can't see how hard you're willing to work for it. They can't see your purpose being tied to this thing that you're wanting for yourself or your community. They can't see it. And we want them to see it because we want their support or we want their buy-in or we want their approval. Or maybe we think that if we had it, then it would be easier for our dream to come true. But that's just, that's just not how it works. When it comes to attraction and manifesting, The idea is that where you're putting your energy into, good or bad, you are unintentionally creating. Oftentimes, if we can recognize a pattern in ourselves of going to a negative place, let's say that you have a dream of getting out of debt and you focus on getting out of debt. But honestly, when you think about it, you immediately start focusing on not getting out of debt you start focusing on the lack of finances that make you in debt, right? So you don't focus on attracting the love of your life. You focus on the fact that you don't have a partner. You focus on the scarcity. So you just keep creating more of that scarcity. You keep manifesting more of the same. And if you find yourself doing this, rather than just trying to like, force yourself into no, I am only going to think about this thing. I feel like the harder that you force yourself trying to focus on just the thing you want, not the thing you don't want, it ends up backfiring. So I love this idea which is to find the next good feeling thought. I try and think of something that's of a similar energy of the thing that I'm working toward. Let's say that you want to Make enough money in sales this year to take your kids on vacation next summer. So when you start to focus on it, maybe you start to think about how expensive that will be and how you've never been able to afford it before and like all of the negative thoughts, you go to a place of scarcity. What I would recommend is you find a good feeling thought that's energetically in the same vein. So you could take this two ways. One, you could start to focus on maybe a vacation you've had in the past that felt really good and just do a gratitude practice every single morning on that vacation and how fun it was and how much you guys loved it and how you were relaxed. Like Go through every part of it, the meals that you ate, the fun that you had, and just be in the gratitude of vacation. Okay? Or maybe it was a family trip. Maybe you guys got to go see grandma for the weekend and it was awesome because the kids had fun and you got a break. And find something in the same field energetically and focus on the goodness in that. Instead of going like, oh, the money, which is going to freak you out, focus on the experience and gratitude that you have for that experience. The other thing that you could do is – abundance so whenever i think of things associated with wealth which can be triggering to me the like little girl in me here's my parents fighting about money and like i start to freak out and i can go into a place of scarcity and feeling like oh my gosh i you know it's so ridiculous and it really frustrates me so i can go to a negative place with this so instead i focus on abundance what are areas of my life that i know beyond a shadow of a doubt I am blessed with an overabundance. My friendships, my relationships with my kids, my my beautiful home that I'm so lucky to be able to have this safe nest for my babies to live in with me. Like I focus on the places in my life that I have blessing and abundance and I will sit in the gratitude of that. So every time that I start to go in a negative direction with my thoughts in a certain area, I'll bring it back to something energetically that feels good and similar. And what you find is that you'll have a handful of things that are always going to be triggering, not always, but are going to be triggering negative thoughts for you as you start this process. So you don't have to have a hundred other good feeling thoughts. You'll probably end up with two or three that you end up using over and over and over as you change that limiting belief, as you release the way that you used to believe and adopt a new belief in that area. The second thing I want to make sure and say is to surround yourself with images of the things that you want to attract. So I have bulletin boards all over my house. I'm pointing, you you can't see me, I'm pointing to one right now but I have images all over my house of the things that I want. I have a picture on my bulletin board of Iceland because that's one of the places that I want to travel. I have bulletin boards in all my kids' rooms. Um, I keep images around me of the things, so I'm just constantly reminded of what I want. I also have my big goals written on um, index cards, and I usually have them tucked inside of my notebook, and I review them a few times a day. Uh, So I definitely review them in the morning and I'll just, I just want to remind myself constantly. It helps me to focus because your thoughts can get distracted. You can sort of go in a different direction and it's really helpful to keep reminding yourself, nope, this is where we're heading. This is the way we're going to feel. This is how we're going to show up in the world. We're going to bring joy. We're going to bring love. And that's what's going to come back to us. I really believe in writing things down. It's why I have my note cards. It's why I do Start Today Journal. Honestly, if you think about it, Start Today Journal is like a vision board in journal form. It's manifesting in journal form. It's calling your shot every single day, writing down what you're going to achieve, where you're going to go, what you're going to work on first. So write it down. You don't need a Start Today Journal. Grab any notebook that you have or a piece of paper and make it a daily practice to reaffirm what you want to do. Sometimes for people writing down the major goal is too much. It actually feels triggering to them. And I learned this from a different Esther and Jerry Hicks book and I loved it. They said, "Just write, wouldn't it be nice if?" Wouldn't it be nice if? dot dot dot. Because then it feels like you're daydreaming. It feels like you're just sort of, you know, playing around. It doesn't feel like something that's Terrifying. It's just like, okay, I'm I'm just gonna like see what would be fun to imagine. And wouldn't it be nice if I got out of debt? Wouldn't it be nice if I was even closer to my kids than I already am? Wouldn't it be nice if, and you're just sort of allowing your mind to run away with you and to kind of come up with ideas and thoughts. And maybe something will come out in that process that you hadn't even had the courage to admit to yourself you wanted because it felt like too big of a deal to actually just call the shot. So I'm cheesy. I literally put on, wouldn't it be nice? Like that Beach Boys song, I put that on and I just like write down all kinds of ideas and see what comes up. Uh, The last thing is visualization. Using, I put on some music, put on some meditation music, and close your eyes and just imagine if meditation music feels like too low energy for you, put on a song that makes you feel like things can happen. There's lots of songs that I think sound like manifesting to me, um, like Anything Can Happen by Ellie Goulding, like songs that feel like they're saying like, we can do it, right? (laughs) You know, Firework or Roar by Katy Perry, just songs that hype you up, close your eyes and for three minutes visualize what will it look like? What will it feel like when you finally get your first new car? What, you know, how's it going to feel to be behind the wheel? Or when you pull up to a a building that's all windows and you get to see yourself like in your Nissan Murano, like, well, I don't know Uh, what, what is like envision, keep reminding yourself where you're going, how it's going to feel, making sure that that visualization feels really good. Remember the energy that you bring to the process is what matters most.